Good morning, and welcome to my favorite Sunday of the year, All Saints Sunday, the day where we celebrate and remember those who have come before us, who have shaped our faith and shaped who we are as a church and as people of faith. My name is Dawson Taylor. I serve as your senior minister, and it's so good to be back with you. Well, I'm sort of back with you. I've been on vacation. Thanks so much to our staff and to our leadership for allowing me some time to breathe and to be away and to be with family. So I say that I'm with you because I'm back and I'm back working, but because of our policy that once staff are away and outside of the safety of their bubble, we ask them to quarantine for two weeks. So I'm actually recording this separate and apart from our worship service so that I do not endanger any of our staff uh, who are here on Sunday mornings. So I'm here, but I'm not. And again, through the gift of technology, we have that ability. And speaking of technology, I want to welcome those who are joining us via live stream, Facebook Live, and of course through our podcast. We are grateful for all of the ways that technology allows and empowers us to be a community and to be God's people together especially during these unique times. I want to remind you that this Wednesday night at 5 p.m., our clergy roundtable continues. We are studying this magnificent book and have been throughout this entire month entitled Forgive to Live. And I'll be honest, as I have been throughout the series, that when it was first brought to my attention, I laughed and said, well, this means I'm going to have to do some work of my own. But this book has been a masterful gift to me to help guide me in some of the work that I needed to do and need to continue doing in my own life. So I hope that you'll continue to join us this Wednesday night, 5 p.m., Facebook Live, live stream, and join us as we continue to talk about the power of forgiveness in our lives. Also, this Thursday evening at 7 o'clock via Zoom, we will be gathering for an evening with your pastors. This is a unique and wonderful opportunity. If you are interested in joining the church, just because we are uh, distanced at this time doesn't mean that the growth of the church has stopped. And so if you're interested in either learning more about the church or joining the church, I hope that you will join me and the rest of the clergy team via Zoom. To get information about that Zoom link and more information about how to join, please contact the church office or email the executive assistant to the clergy team, Wendy Gayer, at wendy at naplesucc.org. And that event will, of course, be again this Thursday night, 7 p.m., and we look forward to more time together then. We're starting a wonderful new ministry in the midst of our children and families ministry. Believe it or not, young people today still write letters. And we're looking for a pen pal for some of our uh, young people, again, during this time of pandemic. And so we would love to ask some of our, let's call them not so young members, to be recipients of this pen pal ministry. And so if you would be willing to receive letters from children in our children's ministry and be willing to write them back, if you would contact the church office 
or our Director of Children's Ministries, Meryl Noble, at meryl at naplesucc.org, and let her know that you would be willing to receive that. Those, that would be a wonderful way to help our children and also to represent who we are as an intergenerational congregation. And so I hope that you will uh, help us out and also be a part of that. I think it's going to be a wonderful way to connect not only through generational lines, but as we are physically separated during this time. Of course, following worship today, we have our virtual gathering place. You should have received information about that in your e-blast that you received last night. If you need any help with that, just call the church office uh, during worship, and one of our staff will be glad to help you. Lastly, I want to let you know that today's prelude is very special. Z. Randall Stroop is a leading composer in uh, music today, and he has written today's prelude in honor of the victims of the coronavirus pandemic, and especially in thinking of the families who have been left behind. And so in that spirit and in honoring our traditions of All Saints Sunday and as an intergenerational congregation, let us center our hearts and our minds as we prepare for worship today. Would you join me now, continuing in a spirit of prayer? Loving and living God, we enter this sacred space, seeking your presence in the conflicting claims of our times. It's so easy to see your presence in the beauty around us, but we confess it is sometimes difficult to see your face in the thorny situations of life. Open our minds to see you at work even in life's shadowy passages. Enable us to glimpse you in the midst of life's disturbing images of pain. Help us to trust you in the waiting times, pointing us to your fingerprints wherever we are on life's path. Remind us that you always stand with us, offering the gift of hope. The Lord of all life, these are difficult days for our nation and our world. In this time, we pray for the humility and the willingness to be open to dialogue with those with whom we may disagree. Remind us of the power of entering conversation with generous assumptions, seeking to listen even more than we speak. As we come to this Tuesday, enable us to be both wise and discerning in the choices that lie before us. Help us to have courage in the dark places of our times to stand with you. And when the world seems to close in around us, help us to remember Jesus' wise words to his disciples, to come away to a quiet place for prayer. For we know it is here that we can find your peace when we have been pushed beyond our limits. It is here that we can simply offer the emptiness of our own hearts that opens us to the cascading overflow of your peace 
It is here that we can learn how to surrender our concerns, trusting that your will for life is good. We lift each person who's engulfed in sadness on this special day. We pray for all those who are grieving the loss of loved ones, for the ones we know, and those that are unknown to us. We pray for all the families torn apart by this pandemic, all the healthcare workers who face this crisis each and every day, those who must work to pay their bills even in the face of fear. We pray that your spirit would be at work in ways too deep for words. O God of the journey, empower us in the opportunities you give, those moments you place before us to offer a moment of kindness with no need for recognition. Lead us on pathways of generosity, opening us to wherever you might lead us to do whatever you might call us to do, trusting in your power at work, in the name of Jesus, who taught his followers to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Will you join your hearts with mine in prayer? Let us pray. Loving and gracious God, on this All Saints Sunday, on this day, where we are reminded of all the ways that you have been at work in our lives. We give you thanks and we ask that you would send the power of your Holy Spirit to speak either through me or in spite of me, but that above all else, we would hear with clarity what it is that you say to us this day. All of this we trust and we ask in your many names. Amen. As I mentioned earlier, I just returned from Texas earlier this week. Let's just say it was not the most glamorous vacation I have ever taken, but it was exactly what I needed in a vacation. I had not seen any of my family since last Christmas, and indeed, it helped me understand that absence does make the heart grow fonder. I was missing my parents, my two siblings, their spouses, my three nieces, and two nephews terribly. Even if time together was brief and outdoors, sometimes with masks on and certainly socially distant protocols in place, I knew that I wanted to see them. No, I knew that I needed to see them. I needed to know that they were okay and they needed to know the same about me. And to be honest, 
I also needed to unplug. I need to unplug from my laptop, from my email, and from my cell phone. I needed to withdraw temporarily from executive minister and executive director searches, as well as bylaw discussions, budget preparations, and all of the final tasks that are required during fourth quarter. And I thought I would be getting a break from the heat of Southwest Florida, but frankly, Texas was just as hot until literally the day before I flew home. Thanks again to the generosity of our lay leadership and our staff, I was able to take this time apart with virtually no interruption. I saw family and a few friends, of course, always being mindful of safety. But at age 42, being a guest in your parents' home for two weeks without much to do amid a global pandemic did not exactly make for a wild and crazy time. Through a variety of circumstances, my parents and I drove to two previous churches and parsonages where my father had served and where we had lived as a family. Interestingly, one where I attended kindergarten, the other where I spent middle school and the first two years of high school, two sorts of bookends of my childhood. Further, it was interesting to note that one church seemed to be thriving against all odds, and one church seemed to be struggling despite many advantages in its favor. As dorky or desperate as it may sound, it was very life-giving to go back and drive slowly through these neighborhoods where I had played with friends learned to ride a bike, heard my mother's voice call me and my brother in to eat dinner, and grown up alongside my siblings. It was so enriching to see the churches where my faith had been nurtured and nourished, where I had asked deep questions of God and my pastors. The places where I had felt these murmurings about wanting to be a minister one day, just like my father. The churches where I had been an acolyte and sung in the youth choir. The church where my Boy Scout troop met and where my Eagle Scout Court of Honor was held. As we drove through these neighborhoods and walked through the church hallways, it was really clear to me that it was not events or worship services that we talked about. It was the people who had been the church. The people who greeted me with outstretched arms each time I walked in waiting to hug me. While many did, they did not have to tell me that they loved me because they showed me. And more than that, if I held my gaze just right, 
it was as if I could actually see the face of God when I looked into their face. It was Miss Lucy who sat with me each Sunday while my mother sang in the choir and my father led worship. I can close my eyes and still see her smile and hear her infectious laugh. It was Mr. Robert who would mow the church's yard as well as the parsonages. It was one of his countless ministries. And when he came to mow the large lawn of the parsonage, he would always let me ride on the tractor with him and and even let me wear his hat. He was such a gentle soul. And it was Charlie and Elaine Coleman who gave me my first trumpet when I started taking lessons and playing in the middle school band in sixth grade. While I no longer have the embouchure to play, I still have that trumpet in my home here in Naples. I believe that it was Mr. Goki, my sixth grade Sunday school teacher, who somehow started deeply implanting in me that I am loved by God and created in God's image, no matter what the media or the world might tell me someday. And it was Pastor Don a longtime colleague of my father's, who has literally loved me like a second father for as long as I can remember. We are still in touch to this very day. And it was my youth choir director, Tracy, who was one of the first people who simply by living authentic, authentically showed me that faithful gay, lesbian, bisexual, and transgender people could serve the church. And it was five years ago, after marriage equality became the law of the land, that I returned to Houston to marry Tracy and his now husband of 28 years after Tracy's cancer diagnosis. Today is All Saints Day. It's the day where we remember and we rejoice and we give God thanks for the saints in our lives who have shaped our faith and shaped who we are as people of faith. Just as I have begun to name the saints of my life, I invite you 
to name the saints of your life and to give God deep thanks. I invite you to recollect, remember, and to be thoughtful about how they impacted your life and the difference they made for you. There are many great traditions of All Saints Sunday. One of my favorites is to sing the great hymn of the church for all the saints. There are countless verses, but the eighth verse is my favorite. It says this. And when the strife is fierce, the warfare long, steals on the ear the distant triumph song, and hearts are brave again and arms are strong. Alleluia. Alleluia. And I don't know about you, But on this particular All Saints, two days before an immensely divisive election that has pitted friend against friend, neighbor against neighbor, and this after a week where we have seen the highest rate of new COVID-19 coronavirus cases ever, and where an American citizen dies every 90 seconds from this pandemic, I need brave hearts and strong arms. I need to be surrounded by the saints that when I gaze just right into their faces, I see the face of God. Because we undoubtedly have a race set before us that will require our perseverance and the grace of God. But not only do we have the example of those who have come before us, but we have the assurance of God that there is indeed a great cloud of witnesses 